gotten tired of hearing about Monster Bash. Well, not me. And that's why we've got more Monster Bash coverage here at Monster Kid Radio. This is episode 114. I am your host, writer-producer Derek M. Cook, and this is part of our epic crossover event, the Comic Book Central Monster Kid Radio Monster Bash Crash. Now, in the last episode, you heard Joe and I talk a little bit about our Monster Bash experience before we talked about the movie Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, Joe, he's a huge fan of all things Abbott and Costello, and I'm slowly catching up. I'm right there. In fact, I listened to two episodes of some old-time radio featuring Abbott and Costello just today. I'm loving it. I'm loving what I'm hearing. Well, you know who loves Abbott and Costello more than me? Loves Abbott and Costello even more than Joe? That would be the ultimate Abbott and Costello tribute show. I'm talking about Bill Riley, Joe Ziegler, and Jason Crutchley. They performed as Bud Abbott, Lou Costello, and Scoop Fields, respectively, at Monster Bash. They were there all three nights, but they didn't just do night shows as Abbott and Costello and company. They were roaming the halls. They were interacting with the displays. They were really giving the attendees of Monster Bash a wonderful experience. I loved it. Joe loved it, and they loved doing it. And in this episode of Monster Kid Radio, we have an interview with the team, with the boys who portrayed the boys at Monster Bash. We're going to be getting to that here in a second. Let's go ahead and go over some of the basics here at Monster Kid Radio. You can find out everything you need to know about the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear over on our website, which is at monsterkidradio.net. Now, right off the bat, I want to tell you there's a strip across the top a menu bar. Click on bands and songs, and you're going to find links to every piece of music that you've ever heard here on Monster Kid Radio, including the song that opened the show, which was Dr. Kilometer's Uncertainty Principle. It's from the Tomorrow Men, from their album, It's About Time. You can find out more about them over at teamensurf.com. That song appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio with their permission. Also on our website, you're going to find links to everything that we talk about here in the show, including a link to the Ultimate Abbott and Costello Tribute Show's website. And, you know, I'm just going to tell you, it's ultimateanc.com. You can also find... Links to our Facebook group, links to our Live 365 channel, where you can listen to the music and sounds of classic monster and genre movies. Find a link to our Amazon store, which is going to be important here at the end of the episode. I'll tell you about that here in a little bit. We'll get to that. We have a YouTube page, we have a Flickr album, we have a Facebook group, and we have a Facebook page. Now, you can get to the group through the website. To get to the page, just look up Monster Kid Radio on Facebook. Give us a like if you're a Facebook user. Join the group. Get involved in conversations with other listeners of the show between episodes. Something else that you can do if you are a user of iTunes, we're looking to get 50 honest reviews in the iTunes store. Once we hit 50 honest reviews in the iTunes store, once we get to that 50 mark, I'm launching a spinoff show. I'm doing a spinoff show devoted to nothing but Creature from the Black Lagoon, the films, the franchise, its influence, why it's important to me. It's not just going to be about my crush on Julie Adams. It's going to be about all things Creature. And once we get to that 50 review mark, we'll go ahead and start rolling out that show. I've got some content lined up, including the interview that I did with Julie Adams at Monster Bash. I know I'm eager to share that with everybody. Well, we're going to do that as our first episode of our Creature from the Black Lagoon spinoff show once we get to the 50 review mark. I mentioned this is part of our Comic Book Central Monster Kid Radio crossover event. It's an epic crossover. As I said over on Joe's show, which you're going to hear the new episode tomorrow, it was like a classic comic book meetup. You know, I got to Monster Bash, he got to Monster Bash, there was a misunderstanding, we thought we had to fight each other, we realized we were on the same team and then teamed up to go fight. That's really not what happened. In fact, what happened when we got there is we saw each other and we hit the ground running. Joe is the man responsible for getting the interview that you're going to hear with the Ultimate Abbott and Costello Tribute Show, as well as the interviews that we got coming up next week here on Monster Kid Radio. If you listen to Comic Book Central, you're going to hear some bits and pieces of those interviews. And I'm talking about people like Beverly Washburn and Joel Hodgson. So we've got those interviews coming up over on Monster Kid Radio. You can hear some of those over at Comic Book Central. Head over to comicbookcentral.net to hear some pieces of those interviews and then come back here to hear them in their entirety. And while you're over at comicbookcentral.net, you might as well just subscribe to the show because Joe does a quality show about bringing comic books to life. If you're a comic book fan and you like the adaptations, the television, the animations, anything that has to do with taking comics off of the four-color funny pages and making them live and breathe elsewhere, you got to listen to Comic Book Central. So Joe's doing the interview with the Ultimate Abbott and Costello tribute show here in a few minutes. After that, I'm going to come back and I want to talk about two box sets. 
some news to the internet a week ago or so at this point about Universal Studios releasing a huge set of nothing but their Universal Monster movies. Well, I'm going to react to that tell you what I think about it. And then I'm going to tell you about another box set that I found while I was well, looking at Amazon and checking prices and that sort of thing. So that'll happen at the end of the show after the epic interview that Joe conducted with the boys behind the boys. We're going to get to that right after this. It's 1966. The space race is on. The Cold War is heating up. And giant monsters are destroying Japan. Daikaiju Attack. The serialized giant monster story. Presented free every week on DaikaijuAttack.com and SDSullivan.com. Become a member of the Daikaiju Attack group on Facebook. Join the action today. Yeah, we are uh, Comic Book Central Monster Kid Radio Crash and Monster Bash here, right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm sitting here with the boys. Uh, this is amazing. This is uh, you know, I'm having a little geek moment here. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> you guys are spot on. I'm here with Avin Costello. Give us your name. Give Joe us- Ziegler as Lou Costello. And Bill Riley as Bud Abbott. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I just got to call you guys Bud and Lou, though. I can't. Please do. <laughs> fine. Please do. <laughs> fine with us. You know, and it's funny, too, because we think, think about some of the movies. Uh, the Bud and Lou did. Sometimes they're Bud and Lou, sometimes they're not, you know, and so it's like always, I was like the ones where they're Bud and Lou, because I don't have to remember if it's Chick, Wilbur, so. How did you guys get started? I mean, what's your background? How did you sort of start performing? Joe, we'll start with you. Actually, I got involved in about the third grade. I'm 53 years old now. And in the third grade, in the 70s, all the old comedians started to uh, show up on television. They were rerunning Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy and the Marx Brothers and W.C. Fields, and I got hooked. I mean, big time. And I watched it over and over again, started collecting every book I could get my hands on, every movie poster, every statue, anything to do with any of the comedians. Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, my grandparents used to say, you're older than we are. What are you watching this stuff for? Because it, it's phenomenal. This, this is funny stuff. Yeah, I it mean, really well, that is. was the thing. When I was a kid, it was on, it was on, here in Pittsburgh, WPGH 53, they would run Sunday mornings. They would run the Evan Costello. Right. Movie. So sure. yeah, I'm a little kid watching these right. things and it's like, that's funny to me. So. And I started doing shows. It was, it was, it was similar to the old Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland. Let's put on a show. I would do shows out in the backyard and I would recruit other kids in the neighborhood who really didn't <laughs> care. And you, do did you get to, like a dime or a nickel? Or a something? nickel. Nice. Nickel. All right. Raised so it eventually can... to a dime and then to a quarter in later years. <laughs> I do nothing for free. Anyway, <laughs> aren't I mercenary? But anyway, and we would do shows in the backyard. I would give these kids, you know, the different scripts. Or I need you to be Stan Laurel. I need you to be Margaret Dumont to my Groucho Marx. I need you. And that's how I would release all this stuff. So did you have a background in, I mean, were you doing performances? Like when you got older, like did you get into acting? Did you start doing plays? Like- yeah, I got into plays. Well, I was in plays in grade school. Nothing. It was usually either the Christmas play and I was shepherd number five or whatever. <laughs> So I was a spirit in you at some point, yeah, with with a derby on. No, I, (laughs) and you know that type of thing. And then into high school a little bit, but not so much because they weren't doing the type of thing that I wanted to do. I enjoyed plays, but they're so. What word do I want? Not strict, but I mean, you when you're doing a play, you have regimented, to follow. Yeah, you're regimented. regimented. Yeah. I like the the give and take of you know the comedy back and forth. I like when things don't happen perhaps as they should and you play with the audience you play with the partner you're on stage with that's button Lou. exactly i mean that's button which Lou. is how i eventually fell into that I, my wife and i used to perform as laurel and hardy i was nice. oliver hardy <laughs> and my wife was stan laurel and as good as she was doing that she hated doing that as much as I love performing, she said, please, let me make the costumes. I'll come to the shows. I'll paint scenery. I'll make, but don't make me do that anymore. It was, I forget what year that would be. What year did we start? Did we first you meet? 80, 80? We met in 86. 86. We started uh, performing together in 94. 
So, and so Bill, what was your background? Where, how did you get involved in uh, performing to begin uh, with? I was born in 1946, so television was new to a lot of people when I was very young, and I fell in love with television immediately. And I wanted to be Buster Crabb originally. Uh, I wanted to be Paul Winchell with Jerry Mahoney at one point. That's how you wound up with me as a dummy. Now, now I got a real dummy. <laughs> when I saw the Abbott and Costello sitcom... Just set I, you up for that one, didn't <laughs> When I saw the Abbott and Costello sitcom, the series they had for, for two seasons, I'm back home in Patterson, New Jersey. I'm from Lou's hometown of Patterson. Uh, I fell in love with that. I was a Ricky Nelson fan when he was little Ricky. Uh, and I became a rock and roll fan when he started singing rock and roll. And I started taking guitar lessons in 1959. And from that point on, there was never any doubt in my mind that I was going to do anything else but be up on a stage. In first grade, when nobody wanted to be in the Thanksgiving play, oh, I wanted to be in the Thanksgiving play, I guess I won the first grade St. George's Catholic School equivalent of the Oscar because they gave me a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary for the good job I did in the Thanksgiving play. Awards coming in already. Exactly. So, yeah. When I got into high school... Feed that ego. Yeah. Feed that actor ego. When, when I got into high school, it was the same thing. You know, guys didn't want to be in plays. I played Macbeth, for goodness sakes, because nobody wanted to put a kilt on to become this, this Scottish character. But I I was playing rock and roll when, when oldies were newies, when Ricky and Buddy Holly were new acts. I was doing all that through high school. I uh, got out of high school, got into, in the Army, came out of the Army, got right back in the music again, and I did that for years and years and years. When I got out of it entirely, and I went through the whole disco era, I went through the whole, when country music was big, I played country for years down in Florida, came up back up north, back home to Jersey. I took a day job. I got out of performing for a little while. And uh, the day job that I had moved me into Baltimore, Maryland. And that's what? where I met him. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. Were you able to make a living out of this? Or was this more the performing were side gigs? Did you have like regular day jobs or something? Like how does this? We, both, were you had, like, we yeah. both had day jobs. What were the yeah. day Still, jobs? Well, they've changed. <laughs> for, like Button Luke because they did time, everything too. For a long you know? time, we were both working at the, the broadcasting school in Baltimore teaching. Right. And then when I left there, I ended up working uh, part-time for Hallmark Cards in, in Baltimore, which I didn't care for, but it pays some bills. <laughs> You're writing greeting cards? No, no. Not, putting, nothing that well, glamorous. No. <laughs> putting, that would be different. Putting product in stores, which mainly were in Walmarts. Okay. <laughs> anyway, probably not allowed to say that, but I'll say that. Not to give them a plug. Anyway, I'll shut up. Anyway, I'm going to get sued. <laughs> Nobody's listening anyway. What Nobody's are we talking about? Anybody. There's that one guy over there in the corner. I think he's paying attention. <laughs> just woke him I don't up, know yeah. who he is, but he's paying attention. But anyway, uh, it, it's not, unfortunately, it, it's not quite enough to pay all the bills. We wish it would. We're having a tremendous year this year, but it is, quote unquote, show business, and it has really good times and other times. It dies or you know falls flat, and there's no money coming in. I mean, for some reason, again, we're, we're based in Baltimore. If that has anything to do with it, I don't know because we travel all over the country. But when you say November, December, January, February, it falls flat. Very slow or nothing. Yeah, yeah. practically nothing or nothing, period. This year, March is usually not a really good month for us. This year, it was a very good month. That's when it started rolling for us. There's an Abbott Costello Renaissance maybe going on or something. We used to be very busy with Christmas parties and things like the holiday parties. Companies don't have the money anymore. Yeah. Uh, when we both, Bill doesn't anymore, but I still Companies do. don't have employees anymore. That's true, <laughs> true. We both used to do, and I, said, I still do, have mobile DJ companies and play Christmas parties. It's nothing happening anymore. It's just not there. So, well, it's cool you get events like this where you can you know, oh, kind yes. of break everything oh, out. This is this is terrific. Now, how did now you, we got up to the point where you two meet? So, how how do you two meet? And is there an Abbott and Costello thing going on, or are you looking at each other going, "Okay, whoa, like, okay, how did this? <laughs> well, uh, what was the genesis of this team? This duo? take it away, <laughs> well, <laughs> take it away, bud. Well, when I uh, I did make a living as a musician for a long time. I, that's all I did. I I played the clubs. I did the whole lounge act thing. When I got out of it, I wasn't having fun anymore. And at one point, the woman I was married to said, you got to go do something that you enjoy. So go find something you enjoy and go do it because you're really turning into a real pain in the neck. I don't, don't hang around the house being a grump all the time. <laughs> so I decided, you know what, I can be a disc jockey. So I went to this broadcast school that, that Joe mentions, and Joe was a teacher there. And that's how we literally met each other. He was one of my teachers. 
when I got out of, finished training with that school, they hired me almost immediately because I'd had drama training in Greenwich Village, so I taught a drama class there. We got to be even closer friends. We found out that we both loved this kind of stuff. And over time, by the time I was a full-time employee there, Joe would interrupt my class with some shtick. I'd interrupt well, his no, class. Uh, Costello shtick or just shtick shtick? Any, anything. Any, kind of, any of the old no. comics. Yeah, all stuff. the so old. Not even, like, there's no Abin Costello here yet. Well, you just guys are cracking there, each other up. There's some of it. Like the 7 times 13 is 28 routine. Okay, so you're doing I the used, little burlesque things yeah, that come oh, in. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, okay, some of okay. it was, was button loose. Money changing just, things. Like, okay. Yeah, uh -huh. almost right. anything just to stick our head in each other's class. You're not going to get me on that one, by the way. In uh, in '94, we've now been working together and been friends for eight years. We have dinner together. Our families are all friendly, and and uh, he gets a call from one of the radio stations in Baltimore saying, "Can you come down and do Who's on First for the Orioles opening day at the Orioles Lounge in the Sheraton downtown Baltimore?" And he says, "Well, sure, I'd be glad to." Come now he'd already done a little bit. This he's is part been, of the shtick. So you guys, okay? Had, Bill is actually my one, two, three, fourth, fifth, well, fourth or fifth. Mm -hmm. Fourth partner, I believe. So you're trying to get an Abbott Costello thing going. You're just not finding the right Abbott. Right, exactly. Wow. The guys I worked with, like they were they life. were they were buddies. They were friends. They did it because I said I need a Bud Abbott. Please help. They weren't into it, but you know, kindly of them, they would step in and do it. Nobody does it like this guy. This, well, this is Bud Abbott himself. That's the key yeah. because people don't give Bud Abbott no, credit because no, that being don't. the straight man. That's because we read all about their history. It's like he was always trying to rein Lou in, just don't go too far. Right. So he's kind of like keeping the tempo, almost like a drummer in yep. a band. You know? That's so, what a straight man, a good straight man. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they do. Well, and that's the real thing is that they, he couldn't find a good straight man and, and Bud couldn't find the good. That's you're right. It happened in, in real life, yeah, in yeah, their yeah. life. Yeah. Yes, wow. it did. And so you guys got together and then when – did you pitch this like, hey, well, he, how about well, – When the phone <laughs> call came in, he said yes to the job. He said, you're sure I'd be glad to do it. The partner that he had at that time – had left town. He had just left a few weeks before to work for Disney. He wanted to become, you know, get into animation and right, stuff. Right, okay. But I, I never turned down a gig. I said, sure. I had no partner, but sure, we'll be there. So he could <laughs> do he, the 30-foot bread or the, was it the 50-foot bread <laughs> of Candy Rock? Candy Rock, Rock yes. Yeah. So he calls me. He calls me and he says, didn't you used to do Who's on First in your lounge act? Well, yes, I used to. We didn't do it as Bud and Lou, but it was part of our lounge act, part of the floor show. We did old comedy, et cetera, et cetera. I said, yeah, but it's been 10 years since I've done it. He said, well, we got two weeks to learn it because we're doing it. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. So literally every day, all day yeah. for and two weeks. Until we had it first, usable. Over and over yeah. and over and over until we got it passable. It and wasn't perfect, but it was good. Well, yeah. and anybody that has seen the movie Bud and Lou, which, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not a huge fan of it. it, it no, you know, neither am I. But they try to do, uh, it's Harvey Korman and, and uh, Buddy, Buddy Hackett. Hackett. Right. They try to do who's on first in there, and it's painful it's to me. Painful it's very, very slow. Very painful Very deliberate, yeah. and that's not the way who's on first. The runs. words aren't, it's not the words. No, it's, no. <laughs> right, it's the reaction. Lou, right. Lou's reaction to everything that, that Bud said is, is, said yeah. is what makes it funny. Yeah. So we go down and we do this one thing, downtown Baltimore for the or the Orioles bar in the Sheraton Hotel, one thing. And the people at the at the Sheraton approached us and said, you guys are really funny. Would you do our employee party? So we said, sure. <laughs> now we've got to work up another 20 minutes worth of stuff. So we did. We put together uh, Loan Me $50, uh, You're Not Here, just a couple of quick And bits. again, I had been doing it. So I had you know, the scripts and everything for the, the most. And said, it. And, but it's difficult. For a new straight man, because I had my timing, my pattern, my and Bill molded to me right. in the beginning. That's a tough we really thing to did. Do, yeah. It was very tough to do, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. Well, it's because I had been working listening. Well, yeah, definitely listening yeah. to each other, sure. And he's he's easy to work with. I he's think that's the key. I think you funny. hit on it. That's one thing I notice in a lot of tribute acts is that it's not again, it's not the words, it's not the scripting, it's. Waiting for you to hit the right beats, yeah. you know. Yeah, it and just, it can't just be a line pause, line no. pause, uh, waiting, no, to, waiting no. to hit my cue. No, you really have to listen to each other and respond. It's a conversation. To it's got to be yeah. a real conversation. Yeah, it's there's some be overlap. Real every there's time. some natural. Oh, it's it just right. to make it well, sound. And, in Bud Lou, it was line, 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 and you're like, oh, just, like and a you're stick just, in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. Yes, well, yes, it was. Yes, it was. Very <laughs> hot stick. Poker. Poker. Goodness. Oh, so, okay. And it just kept growing from there. Now it's been 20 years that we're together. Yes, wow. April 4th was our 
anniversary. It's our 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary. And he didn't even buy me flowers. Oh, that's because I don't I, like you. <laughs> but, yeah, we've been together 20 years, just over 20 years. But now. when he smacks you, how hard is he hitting you? Oh, though? he doesn't hit me <laughs> hard. Because I know in, in Off stage, he really lets me have it. <laughs> I know with Button Lou, as, as the years got further, it was getting harder and harder. So I don't know, 20 years in, if you guys are, you know, putting no, an ice pack no. on at the end of the I, night. No, in fact, we run into people who give Bill a hard time saying, yeah. you don't smack him enough. You don't hit him hard enough. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you, God. And, you know, it's because, I mean, that was part, I believe, part of the, I, I don't know if I want to say resentment, but I think that war on Costello over the years. Yeah. You know, and it caused a little bit of uh, problems later on. I mean, again, I don't think, I mean, people say, oh, they were bitter enemies at the end. No, they weren't. And we've talked to both Chris Costello, as mentioned, Lou's youngest daughter, and uh, Betty Abbott's daughter. And both said, no, they said it was like a marriage. And when you're together that long, they had fights. They had disagreements. You know, there might be a period where for a week they didn't speak to each other. And then one or the other would pick up the phone. I got a great idea and write back. And, you know, there was no mention of what had taken. No argument happened. Just like a good marriage. Exactly. We should mention about, what, 10, 11, what's it been, 12 years ago? It's, it's, it's easily 10. It could be 12. We were, we were. 2004. Okay. We were working again together. And we were doing virtually every routine that Bud and Lou did as a pair, as a twosome. And many people were saying, you know, why don't you guys do Niagara Falls? Slowly I turned. Why don't you? And they would, (laughs) they would mention different routines where you need at least one more body. Jason down there, Jason Crutchley. Howdy. We had Scoop. Scoop (laughs) is there. Talk talk into the mic. (laughs) Was working with me with with Hallmark Cards. I had hired him to to be part of the team. And from talking at lunch and always behind what I was doing with the the comedy. And he had been involved in high school plays and things like that. You had just graduated, hadn't you? Hadn't you just gotten that up? Okay. And he said, well, I'm, I'm really into that. Can I work with you guys? Well, at that point, we're like, all right, well, he can be our hump. He can lug all the equipment. He can do all, you know, we've got an Good intern. Good work if you can get it, yeah. So we, we, you said, you want to do that? Sure. So we brought him in. He did that for, I don't know, a year, year or yeah. so. Yeah. And then we said, you know, he's like, well, can I, you know, I want to work with you guys. All right. So start introducing us onto the stage. So he would, you know, you know, we'd have our, our theme music or Bud and Lou's theme music play and he'd bring us on. And then little by little, we started, we're like, well, let's try. And I, what was the first? Was it Niagara Falls? Was the first one we did? I think. Uh, no, it was. I don't uh, remember. Dice. Yeah. Oh, the dice it game. Was, it okay. Was Niagara Falls first. Clubhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A little Joe. Where'd you learn? Where'd you learn that? I learned that down at the clubhouse. They would. They want me to play. I was too young. Starting Tuesday, I'm going out with girls. Yeah, I don't blame you. Know, things like so, and and then we just started since it worked, and people. Oh, so then we started adding more. You guys don't mind if I just sit back and let you guys no, go for please, like 20 minutes. I can, I can watch yeah. this all night. Yeah. I can watch this all night. But, oh, that's but you know, like I say, but by by adding Jason, we were able to add. I don't have a number in my head, but how many more routines would you say? Oh, hours worth. Yeah, we we do. We have grand total about three and a half hours worth of their routines, which is a lot stuff. of routines because, as you know, some routines some are, are two minutes, minutes two a minutes. couple of them are some eight. are ten, eight. Yeah. You know, they're all different. But over an hour's worth of it, it, it includes him in different uh, crazy characters. Yeah, he does and, all does all the costume changes. If we need Professor nice. Fields, he's Professor well, Fields. And, and the way we got well, they just we, open up a whole. We also exactly act. we needed yeah. a new a character for him because we do a lot of events, including this one here at the Monster Bash, where we walk around and meet and greet. Yeah. Well, people are saying, you know, it's like, what, what do you got? This three Stooges? No, we're Abbott and Costello. Well, who's the third guy? So we created. He is our press agent, Scoop Fields. Nice. He's if you remember their old TV show, their landlord was Mr. Sidney Fields. Yep. This is Mr. Field's nephew. Oh, nice. no! There's no. There was no such characters. People say I don't remember that. That's because we created. It is no, well. You're keeping the legacy going. Yeah. I mean, it's we're just we're continuing. And he's not it. bald enough. Yeah, he's not bald enough. Yeah. So, yeah. and we don't want him to we get sick by smoking cigars. So, like, like Sydney. Does he ever get to do Joe Besser or anything like no, that? We, no, we haven't done. We we would we'd love to have a Joe. Oh, you crazy you! We oh, are such a snitch. <laughs> that would be with Stinky. Yeah, that would be great. That was classic. A room is on fire. <laughs> Anyway, forty-year-old man dressed up yeah, yeah, with a lollipop and right yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, but you know, by bringing him in, like I said, and in the tradition of of Sidney Fields, who was an old vaudeville burlesque comic, 
Oh, yeah, on the TV show, he played a variety of characters. Mr. Fields had many relatives. You know, they'd go down. Melonhead Fields. Melonhead Fields would run the employment agency or the store and all these different professor fields. So that's what we did with Scoop. He becomes he comes all in these people with really, and again, like Mister, with really terrible beards that it's barely come up stuff. over his ears. Yeah. You know, he'll come yeah. up on the stage. Who is that? Looks like Scoop with a bad beard to me. I don't know he smacks me in the face. Oh, that's so and so. Whatever his current name, and the bum that beats me up for Niagara Falls, and all different characters like that. Oh, classic stuff. Now classic. back to what you asked. Us. Now, I'm sorry. Well, I then, we're and we're by the way, take some pictures while we're doing this. It's your job. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I was trying to get your attention before. You get smacked by butt hair about. <laughs> Exactly. Now, I mean, what you talk about is that opens up pretty much the whole pantheon of of the the Abbott and Costello movies. Yes, it then. does, and so, their TV show. Right. So, what's your favorite era? Do you like old burlesque? Do you oh, like boy. the monster movies where they're kind of more character driven, less burlesque pieces? Well, I know what Bill's answer is going to be, and I'll let him give that himself. That's a really tough one for me. I grew up. Again, not in their era. Like I said, I'm 53 years old, so unfortunately. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> well, Lou was gone. You just then. made me feel really old, though, no, too. No, no. <laughs> Bud was still around, but again, he was up there in years. So I, I grew up watching the movie. That's how I found Evan and Costello, the movies. So I loved them first through their movies. But then they started running their television show on whatever channel it was. I don't remember anymore. And it's like, all these, I, I never knew they had a television show. Yeah. You know, and here, it's like all the burlesque routines are here. Yep. Had it not been for Bud and Lou, most of them would be lost. I mean, all the great comedians did them, but only Bud and Lou put them on television. Yeah. In we, that, I mean, Milton Burrell certainly did them, but not to the extent of Bud and Lou. And we talked about that in our in the podcast too. When we talked about the the monster movies, how that sort of rejuvenated their career. Oh yes, and, then that's and Universal's it, career, yeah, both of their, both that, them and Universal. Yeah, yes, that. it was a springboard right into the TV series, and then they just yes. blossomed all over. Yes, again. so yeah, and they brought did. all that back. So yes, so you're more the burlesque routine. Yes, you yeah, like I that? I think so. Yeah. Okay, and then similar answer or TV show. You, the TV show. Period. Okay. The end. Absolutely. Okay. I because it was brand new when I was. Eight years old, seven years old. It was brand new. You I got the nostalgia. That's because he's old. He's old. old. You're not that old. You're not that old. What are you saying? I'm old. How do you explain your social security number being three? Quiet. It's old. Quiet. <laughs> but I've always loved the television show more than anything else. I, as a matter of fact, and I hope I won't be considered sacrilegious, after having seen a season of the television show, it was around the time that Abbott and Costello Meet the Keystone Cops comes out, and I went to the theater to see Abbott and Costello Meet the Keystone Cops and didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't yeah, like it. I mean, not one of not one of their strongest efforts. Yeah, yeah. Later, I mean, later, later in life, Buck Privates and of course Abbott and Costello right. meet Frankenstein were two movies that I just thought were absolutely incredible. But I, the television show, I mean, everything that happened in that show was just uh, it was so much fun. All the other characters, the the situation of them not ever being able to find a job, and the, the mm-hmm. stuff, that, and of course. That's how I became initiated in a lot of the burlesque stuff because it was in there. When when Lou gets the check from the IRS for a million dollars, that's probably my favorite routine. The the running around in that thing and all the misunderstandings and the printing press and all the stuff that happens in that episode just knocks me I out. I wanted him one dollar bills piled up, up to high. here. Well, you need some <laughs> identification. Well, he's Lou Costello. That's Bud Abbott. <laughs> So I love the TV show. I'm, I'm a television. I'm a television nut. I still there's am. the nostalgia factor too, because right. if that's well, when yeah. you're there, yes. you know, it's like you know, I love the old Spider-Man TV series, but everyone looks at it now and they're like, "What? Yeah. What's yeah. up with that?" There's not, like you, it's Joe, not a computer. I, yeah. Just like I, I love Evan Costello and Frankenstein. I think my favorite movie would be Hold That Ghost. Yeah, because I love Fantastic. the pairing of Lou with Joan Davis. I think they were such a funny combination in that movie, and, and that's where the candle. That's where the candle routine. <laughs> I love the candle routine. It's it's the scared Lou. I mean, yes, that's that's yes, what sold yeah. everything, and that's what sells all the monster movies. Right. You just wait for that, or you know, the, and we talk about this on the podcast too. Is that I'm more okay with breaking the fourth wall. Uh, Derek, I think you thought it was a little bit overdone in, in Invisible Man, uh, the one we did recently. But I love just the there's too. the audience, but you know, Bud never breaks the fourth wall. It's like it's no. always Lou interacting Lou, with the audience. Right. Yeah. So there's that great stuff, the scared routines. So uh, as far as burlesque routines, what's your favorite burlesque routine that they do? Oh dear! Hmm. If you had to pick one, if you were going on the stage right now and somebody said, "Look, we got five minutes. Uh, you guys got to pick something, and here's what we're going to go." This with. is going to sound like a cop out, but I, I'm going to say who's on first because to this day. 
And I know Bill feels the same way. When we watch the real Bud and Lou do it, we're on the floor. Still it is people. You've got to be sick of that. Absolutely. No. And every time they did it, they did it just a little different. You hear so many different versions from radio, television, the Colgate Comedy Hour. They, they would, it would change just a little. So you got to pay attention. You got to listen. Both on purpose. Maybe one would throw an incorrect line and it usually Lou and Bud would get him back on track. Or they would just, you know, you'd, you'd hear a whole little new section you've never heard before. Or what Lou does with the bat. Sometimes he'll swing around. Yes, he only hits himself in the head and the hat flies off. He threatens Bud with it, you know, and yeah. I mean, I, and I also like cow herd very much. I went out there, we were walking around, we saw a big bunch of cows out there. Cow herd. Excuse me? Cow herd. What do I care if a cow herd? I didn't say anything he'd be embarrassed about. I didn't say anything rude. We saw a big bunch of cows. Listen. Herd of cows. Certainly a herd of cows, you dope. There was a big bunch of them out there. A bunch is a herd. A bunch is a herd. A bunch is a herd. Well, I was going to milk one of them cows. You know how to milk a cow. Sure. When did you ever learn how to milk a cow? I know how to milk a cow, sure. When did you learn how to milk a cow? All right, I don't know how to milk a cow. you got to tell everybody I don't know how to milk a cow. It's not hard to do. I can teach you, though. Yeah? I can teach you. It's not hard. Really? You get a stool, you get a bucket, and then you can milk the cow, you see? Oh, the cow, she sits on the stool, and then she gives me the milk. No, 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 no. You have to milk the cow from the back. Oh, the cow, she sits on the stool, and then I climb up on the cow's back, she gives me the milk. No, 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 no. You sit on the stool. You place the bucket under the cow's udder. The cow's udder what? It's not udder what. You place the bucket under the cow's udder. The cow's udder what? It's not udder what. You just place the bucket under the cow's Look udder. Look at it. It's got to be under the cow's udder something. It can't be under the cow's Look. udder nothing. Um, and it just continues that way. I'll talk for days. Go ahead. Tell them your favorite routine. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Well, I, I, well I, who's on first, of course, yeah. because it is the, the classic, the best of, of all time. I don't know because actually my opinion is. rental car? I like Hertz a lot. Uh, my opinions changed over the years. I love Jonah a lot. I really, really love Jonah and the whale. The yeah. interruption and uh, the way he just walks off flustered at the, the end. Oh, yeah. And I, I am now these days a very, very big fan of the uh, Buzz and the Bee routine, which happens in In the Navy. Mm-hmm. And it happens, uh, of course, on the sitcom when they go to the carnival. And, the carnival uh, show. Yeah. Which is what we're doing tonight. We're when doing that tonight. Do our show. Yeah. Well, that's we're the thing. Um, yeah, we're here at Monster Bash here in Pittsburgh. So, um, boy, just the verbal play is great. I mean, we get that, and that's what we love about Adam and Costello, too. But I'm telling you, for for listeners, if you have a chance to see these guys, I mean, they are dead on ringers. I mean, it's amazing to sit here. It's all, I mean, next to sitting next to Bud and Lou, it's, it's the most amazing thing. And, and they're sitting an here. Tell them what you're wearing right now, which is... Awesome. We were out there. We're supposed to be delivering something to Mr. McDougal's house of horrors. I don't know. The big we're, crate. Big crate. I don't big, know what's I, in it. We couldn't find the guy over the no, joint. We looked all over anyway. the place. So, yes, we're wearing the hats and the jackets <laughs> and, and the, the aprons. aprons. They recreated <laughs> McDougal's house of horror <laughs> yes. here yeah, in Pittsburgh. With the help there. of Dan over there, the one of the volunteers who built who beautiful built all of that stuff. It's oh, amazing. Beautiful Bella Lugosi is there. Fra- yeah. The wax figures. The wax figures. Lon Chaney is the Lon wolf man. And Glenn is, Strange as, as the monster. It's, the chair. It's gorgeous. The chair. The chair. You guys reenact the chair? We will. We haven't yet, but okay, we will. we're okay. getting to it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's amazing. We got the deli- I mean, it's all set up. It's Abin Costello meet Frankenstein brought to life. How big of a kick is this for you guys? Oh, it's a oh, thrill. It's amazing. It's a yeah, thrill. It when they, when they asked us if we would do this, it's like, are you kidding? Yes, we'll do it. Sure, we'll yeah. do it. That's amazing. I mean, when, and so when you think about it, what do you like best about Abin Costello? And for the generation now that's coming up that might not be familiar with Abin Costello, hopefully, you know, the, the, I think Abin Costello meet Frankenstein was just released on DVD, the anniversary version, or Blu-ray. So the people are getting to know this, this generation. What do you like best about Abin Costello and what should younger ones know about these two geniuses? First of all, I think it's vitally important that the kids see Abbott and Costello, and not just Abbott, Laurel and Hardy, the other comedians I mentioned, the Marx Brothers, Chaplin. It's not only extremely funny, it's clean. And it's held up after all these years. Red Skelton, Jack Benny, Jimmy Durante, Burns and Allen, goes on and on. Kids don't have that today. And if, of course, kids here and they're saying, oh, you're, you're, you're old fogies. You don't know what you're, but the, the parents or grandparents who introduce, they're doing a wonderful service for the kids. Because otherwise they may never discover it. It's also a thrill when we do shows, we do a lot of World War II shows. And to do shows for veterans and folks who lived in that era and have them come up and say, you brought back such wonderful memories. You know, the war certainly was not an easy time. And that was the prime time for Bud and Lou. That's when they were, you know, at, at their peak. And they kept people going. 
I mean, that's really what kept, I believe, what kept the, the home front and the guys in, in the service because they, they would show them their pictures too. Oh, they showed the country. Yeah. yeah I mean, they it, it is so heartwarming and it, it brings a tear to my eye when I hear these older guys tell us, you know, thank you so much for what you're doing. Or people that say, we saw, I saw Bud and Lou in person at, at the Hippodrome Theater in Baltimore or wherever. And you guys are doing a wonderful job. Spot on. It's you know, spot on. And it's then, such, and a, then, such an honor. Bill, what do you think about the legacy and, and, what should we know about Avon Costello? I think we should know that pretty much what Joe is saying there, that the fact that it was word humor, it wasn't, uh, they did a lot of slapstick, certainly, the smacking back and forth and the falling down, the pratfall stuff. But there's a lot of word humor to it, the misunderstanding of words, and I think you can learn from that. I think oh, I yes. learned a lot about language from listening to them perform the misunderstandings of, of words. It made me want to, when I was young, maybe want to find out why is that funny? What does that really mean? And I, for me personally, it goes, it goes beyond just the comedy. Not, it's not just the old comedy. When I was really lucky when I was young. Uh, my father didn't have an attitude against rock and roll. So when I said to him, here, check out Buddy Holly, he said, that's pretty good. When I said, here, check out Ricky Nelson, he said, that's pretty cool. He said, now listen to Glenn Miller. And I listened and I learned. And I think if everybody gave a little bit to each other, older mm -hmm. generation to young and young back to old, without it ever being a thing of I don't like your music because it's too old, I don't like your music because it's too loud and too young, the music and the comedy, to me, they go hand in hand. They weave together. If you've got good music and good comedy, everybody's happy. Uh, I, I think we need to have all of that. As you said, it's a special treat, not only for the, for the older folks, but when kids are in our audience who mm. perhaps don't even know, they've never heard of Abbott and Costello. Right. But they watch us, and you, you see, they're, I mean, they're really paying attention, yep. and they'll come up after our show and say, that was really funny. They love things like 7 times 13 equals 28. Mm -hmm. They're like, that really works. I'm going to pull that on my teacher. I of love it. When, does. It's like, yeah, you yeah. do that to your teacher. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. You know, <laughs> Still we, blame us for it. <laughs> that's right. We did, we did a, uh, a Sweet 16 party a yeah. number of years ago. Yeah. A gentleman was a photographer at an event that we were playing and came up to us, praised us, said how wonderful we are, which was so nice. And then said, my daughter's 16th birthday is next month. I want you to perform there. We're thinking, oh boy, dad loves Bud and Lou. We're going to be with a bunch of 16 year olds and go, what is this? Yeah. But we said, okay, fine, we'll do it. I believe it was in, was it in New He's Jersey? In Jersey, okay. yeah. We went up, do the party. There was, I don't know how many kids there, Maybe 30 20. kids, 20, 30 yeah. kids. We start doing our show. All the kids, and again, and they were everywhere from 14, 15, 14, 16, 17, 18, yeah. Came out of their chairs, sat on the floor right in front of us. And Joe, I'm they they did every word right along. They were they all really Abbott were and fans. Costello fans. They knew the routines. Yeah. They were rolling on the floor. And like I said, they were they were they were throwing punchlines up to us. We had a ball working with those kids. Yeah. That was was very special. Bud and Lou are still alive today. I yes, mean, that's sir. Still great. Well, how can people find out more about you? I mean, if you want Bud and Lou to hey, show Scoop. up at your event, <laughs> hey, Scoop. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Look right on cue. Look have, you can't get good help these days. <laughs> we have a website, of course. <laughs> of course, you do. I was trying to get the business card. He was trying, you, there you go. There's the website right there. www.ultimate. A and C dot com. That's where you go. That's where you go when you want uh, Bud and Lou to come to your event. Call that phone number and uh, you get us that way too. Absolutely. So we go, we'll go to the website. We'll take a look at that. And uh, you know, we're on Monster Kid Radio here. Obviously, our favorite is Evan Costello Meet Frankenstein of the Meet the Monster movies. Is that yours? Of the monster movies, of the Meet the Monster movies. We got yes. Invisible Man. We've you know we've yeah. got uh, the Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde. The Mummy. And, and we've included uh, Meet the Killer, Boris Karloff, so we've got those. Oh, in it's got to be, got to be Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein. Because we kicked it all off. I mean, and, well, because the monsters for me, and the yeah. fact that they were played by Bela Lugosi, yep. Lon, Lon Chaney Jr., and Glenn Strange. I mean, they just they embodied those creatures, those characters. It had it all, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to see it brought to life uh, right here at Monster Bash, which is completely awesome. You guys have a show tonight. Yes, um, seven thirty tonight. I'm looking forward to to being at that and. Uh, Guys, thanks for joining me uh, here today. Thanks for uh, joining uh, myself and Derek here on Monster Kid Radio. Thank and, you for uh, having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for keeping Bud and Lou alive. Our honor. Uh, our pleasure. pleasure. Re really good job, and uh, you guys are spot on. And uh, can, can you uh, give us a little Lou Costello yell here at the end? Hey, I'm back. I'm getting more messes with this guy. Woo!
again, it's ultimateanc.com. They also have a YouTube channel over at Ultimate ANC. I subscribed to it this afternoon when I realized they had a YouTube channel. There are two clips from Monster Bash on there, as well as clips from other shows that they've done, including the Hertz U-Drive routine, which is a personal favorite of mine. I love that one. So go check that out. Big thanks to Bill, Joe, and Jason for taking the time to sit down with Joe Stuber for that interview. And thank you again to Joe for making that happen. And, you know, it's been about 25 minutes since I said it. Listen to Comic Book Central, comicbookcentral.net. One of the things that can be a little frustrating, especially for fans of classic monster or even just classic films, is getting these movies on DVD or Blu-ray. Sometimes they just aren't getting released because the studios, the people who own the rights to these movies, oftentimes don't think that they have the appeal, the draw, the customer, the consumer base, whatever it is that they need to justify spending the money to put a package together. Well, Universal has figured out a way to exploit their monster classics, at least most of them. And they're doing it again when they release the Universal Classic Monsters Complete 30 Film Collection. Now, this is a 21-disc set that's coming out September 2nd, 2014. Unfortunately, for people like me, and I suspect a lot of you, you've already got these movies. Universal really didn't spend a lot of time and money putting together a new package. They have taken material, masters of their films, that have already been released, in some cases more than once on DVD, and packaged them together in this new box set. And it's the standards. It's all the Dracula films. It's all the Wolfman films. It's all the Frankenstein films, the Mummy, the Invisible Man films, the Creature from the Black Lagoon films, and then Phantom of the Opera. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I feel like sometimes Phantom of the Opera gets kind of shunted off to the side, doesn't get included in the big pantheon of classic Universal monsters. I'm not entirely sure why that is other than it does stand out quite a bit because it is in color and it didn't spawn a franchise. It's just kind of a one and done. I think if Lon Chaney Jr. had been in the film, like I think they talked about happening in the first place, it'd be an easier sell to package it with the rest of them. But that's a topic and perhaps a monster editorial for a later time. A couple of points about this box set. Recently, Universal put out a Blu-ray collection of the heavy hitters, the big ones, the big guns, and their Blu-ray release of Creature from the Black Lagoon in that set is 3D enabled. If you have a Blu-ray that can play 3D and a TV that can play 3D, you can watch it in 3D at home. Well, Creature, and well, for that matter, Revenge of the Creature, which were originally released and filmed in 3D, they're not 3D DVDs in this set. These are flat. Also, as before, the Dracula release includes the Spanish version of Dracula, which I think most people kind of know the story. While they were shooting Dracula during the day, a Spanish crew came in and shot a Spanish-language version of Dracula at night using the same sets. And that's typically included as a special feature every time Universal releases Dracula on DVD. Here's what I found interesting about this set. Three Abbott and Costello movies are in it. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man, and Abbott and Costello meet the Mummy. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is not in the set. I think it's because it probably doesn't have a direct tie-in to any of the other franchises in this collection. And then meet the killer Boris Karloff. Well, that's kind of a standalone as it is anyway. But these three Abbott and Costello movies in this set, I don't know if it warrants the current $189.99 price tag that Amazon is sporting. But to have these three included in the classic monster set, I find very interesting. Now, I did some digging, and just as in the case of Universal taking their masters for DVD for these other films and repackaging them again so we can maybe double or triple dip, these movies have also been released on DVD in the past. In a collection that I discovered for the first time myself today, I'm betting Joe probably already has this set, but this box set was released in 2008. It's the Abbott and Costello, the complete Universal Pictures collection. And as of this recording, it's selling for $58.99. For a 15-disc set, several of the movies, including commentary tracks, including a commentary track on Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with Tom Weaver... We talked to Tom Weaver at Monster Batch, and you'll get to hear that conversation down the line. Might even save it for the Creature from a Black Lagoon spinoff if we get that going. But to get a commentary track on Abbott and Costello meet Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I didn't expect that. Now, 
I don't know if that commentary track is included in previous releases of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I do know that the commentary track on Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein with Gregory W. Mank, who was on the show recently, has been included in previous releases of the film. But this is the box set that I added to my Amazon wish list. So, you know, I'm just saying Christmas and my birthday is coming up here in a few months. Well, okay, like five months. But still, it's on my wish list now. I want this set. And to kind of tie it in a little bit to what we're going to be talking about in the future here on Monster Kid Radio, one of the discs has a feature commentary by Frank Conniff, TV's Frank from Mystery Science Theater 3000. You know, the show started by Joel Hodgson, who will be on the show next week on Monster Kid Radio. You know, it's just a nice set. It looks awesome. The packaging looks great. This is the box that I would direct people to. I worry a little bit when I see such a drastic reduction in price, especially on an item that runs about $100 or so and a movie, because a lot of times that means they're running out, they're going to let it go out of print, that sort of thing. So snatch that up now if you're a fan of Abbott and Costello. It's the Abbott and Costello, the Complete Universal Pictures Collection. If you don't have any other Universal monster movies on disc, I think the Universal Classic Monsters Complete 30 Film Collection is a great starter set. And for a lot of people, it's the only set you're going to need. And unfortunately, it's probably the best set we're going to get for a while. You go through and you read message boards and you hear the armchair studio executives saying that if you buy this set, you'll show that Universal there is an audience and they may be more motivated to release another set. Or maybe they'll put out a secondary Blu-ray edition of some of the other films in the Frankenstein or Dracula franchises to kind of carry on the spirit of that Blu-ray release that came out a few years ago. I don't know if that's the case. It's Universal and they're notorious for well, not making decisions that are always transparent to us fans, especially of their classic monster collections. I'm still waiting for the Ape Women to come out. I want the Ape Women movies to come out on DVD. I've never seen them, but I want to see them. I've seen Aquanetta in one of the Inner Sanctum films, but I've never seen the Ape Women films. I'd love to see those get a proper DVD release. I'd love to see the Rondo Hatton Universal films get collected and put out in a decent package altogether. I, I don't need to just nickel and dime myself picking up this DVD here from the Universal Archive, whatever it is they call it, and picking up this one. For, I, I don't want that. I want another collection. So, you know, for a fan of Universal movies, this is a great starter set. Hopefully it's not the end set for Universal and their classic monsters. I hope something more either comprehensive or in the vein of this set comes out with more movies, more titles. It's just tough because... These are the recognizable ones. Who knows Ape Women? Nobody knows what the Ape Women is. I, I mean, I do, but I spend a lot of time looking at these movies and yapping about them in front of a microphone. But does the general audience, does the people who go to Best Buy to buy the movies, do they know what the Ape Women is? Do they know who Aquanetta is? I, do you know who Aquanetta is? I mean, it just seems like something that Universal could exploit, and pretty easily. From what I understand, there are HD transfers of a lot of the other monster movies that did not make the Blu-ray release that came out a couple of years ago. In fact, you can stream some of these HD transfers directly from Amazon. So half the work is already done. Well, I feel like I kind of went around in circles here. Let's bring this back on track and let people know that Universal Classic Monsters, the complete 30 film collection, and the Abbott and Costello, the complete Universal Pictures collection, are both releases that you can pick up through the Monster Kid Radio Amazon store. If you click on Amazon store over at monsterkidradio.net, that takes you to what we call the Monster Kid Radio Laboratory, where you can pick up movies and books that we've talked about here on Monster Kid Radio. As this episode is uploading, I'll make sure that I update the movie section so you can find both of those sets and pick them up. That way we get like a penny or two off of every sale that way and it helps us keep the lights on here at Monster Kid Radio. Also, you might want to check the Godzilla and Kaiju section of the movies page because as soon as there's an Amazon listing for the next wave of Sony's Godzilla movies, we'll make sure those are listed as well. What? What am I talking about? Sony is putting out three more releases on Blu-ray, some of them for the first time in the North America market, talking about Godzilla 2000, both the U.S. and Japanese versions of the film. There's a Godzilla double feature with Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, and Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. And then the Mothra trilogy from the 90s, Rebirth of Mothra, Rebirth of Mothra 2, and... Rebirth of Mothra 3. As soon as there are links for those available on Amazon, I'll put those in the Monster Kid Radio laboratory as well. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Again, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate everybody who opens up their ears to us here on Monster Kid Radio twice a week. Big thanks to Joe Stuber. Big thanks to Bill, Joe, and Jason of the Ultimate Abbott and Costello Tribute Show. Big thanks to Monster Bash. 
You'd think that the further I get away from it, the less it would hurt. But man, I am craving Monster Bash. I wish I could go to it again this weekend. I wish there was a Monster Bash every... Well, okay, maybe not... Yeah, no, every weekend. I wish there was a Monster Bash every weekend. There's one coming up in October. I know some Monster Kid Radio folks are going. Can't say that I am. That's not something that looks very likely. But if you're going to be in the Mars, Pennsylvania area in October... You gotta go to Monster Bash. Go look that up over at monsterbash.us. Find links to all that over on our website at monsterkidradio.net. And remember, Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. That, of course, does not apply to the song Dr. Kilometer's Uncertainty Principle. That belongs to the Tomorrow Men. It's from their album, It's About Time. It appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. With their permission, talk to everybody next week for interviews with Beverly Washburn and Joel Hodgson. (laughs) 